Wake the Fuck Up, the podcast that mingles mindfulness, Buddhism, brain science, evolutionary biology, and real authentic human experience. Welcome to Wake the Fuck Up. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Wake the Fuck Up podcast. My name is Tiffany Andres and I am your host fellow human traveler, explorer, journeyer, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I'm still figuring shit out. (laughs) Uh, Today's episode, I think I'm going to end up titling Human Doing or Human Being. And I confess that I don't really know the history of the term human being. I was thinking about this in preparation of recording today, and it's like, where did that term even come from? You know, from a scientific perspective, we're not called human beings. We're homo homo sapiens, um, and I'm a very homo 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 sapien. (laughs) Um... Uh, But where did the term human being come from when it doesn't come from our scientific terminology? And to be honest, the answer is I have no clue. Uh, I have some ideas that it probably came from wisdom traditions. Um, You know, maybe uh, ancient India or China or Greece or Rome. Who knows? Um... But obviously some wise person came up with this. (laughs) And when I first started exploring meditation and mindfulness many, many years ago, one of the first uh, places and resources that I found was John Kabat-Zinn. And I kind of joke and call him, it's not really a joke, the father of modern mindfulness in the United States back in the 70s. John started mindfulness-based stress reduction to work with people who had chronic pain and In essence, he chose to work with a population that the medical community said, you know, hey, I'm sorry, this is just going to be for the rest of your life. And from John's own experience with meditation and mindfulness, he found the ability to be with whatever was showing up in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, in your emotions, in the internal and external landscape of living was so vast that maybe it was worth a shot. Now here we are in 2022, almost 2023, and MBSR programs are taught all around the world. And so needless to say, it was rather successful. Uh, But in exploring John, I heard him say once, uh, we are not human doings, we are human beings. And I'm recording this episode the day after having an 18-hour workday. <laughs> and so I would call that, in large part, a human doing day, right? Um, almost half my work week in one day. Except we all know, and this is really kind of the spur for this episode, we all know that it doesn't matter if you work 18 hours in one day, you're still going to work eight hours <laughs> that day. <laughs> Um, And so, you know, I've got a lot of work to take care of today and things that I feel impassioned uh, by and responsible for. And so it doesn't matter if I worked 18 hours yesterday, there's still a full work day ahead. And really, my loves, what is the point of this episode? It all comes down to, for me, 
the fact that I am still working so hard 10 years into my own meditation and mindfulness practice to undo the ties and the tendrils of my conditioning living in this society around the necessity of doing in order to have any worth and worthiness. And I find this in, I'm pausing because am I going to say all? I think I'm going to say all, <laughs> pretty much all <laughs> of my loved ones. Um, I don't know that I have a single single friend or loved one or family member that somehow has managed to be like, ah, fuck it, I don't need to do anything in a day to feel good about myself. Um, we really just live so deeply ingrained inside of our a society that tells us our worthiness comes from our doing. You know, and, and one thing that I want to say before we dive too much into this is I've really come to firmly believe over the last probably six months that there's no right or wrong. And maybe this is a whole different episode, but we'll touch it lightly here, right? That to crawl in bed at the end of the day and reflect on the things that you've accomplished and feel successful or proud of and to let that in some way contribute to your sense of worth, I mean, fuck, that's amazing. That's not a bad thing, right? There's no right and wrong. What I've learned really over the years and with the help of therapy, because therapy is great, Megan, thank you, is that none of our characteristics, our traits, our values, the pieces and parts of who we are, are inherently good or bad. None of them. Fucking none of them. Okay? What happens is that when one of those pieces or parts takes over our life, when we live it unconsciously, when it becomes the only way we find our worthiness, then it becomes something that causes us pain and suffering. And I don't even want to translate it to then it becomes bad, right? Because it's not bad. It's just it causes us suffering. And I see so much of this in myself first, <laughs> and in the world around me that I really grew up feeling like my worth was dependent on my success. I had to be, I, I've probably said this before, I conceptualize myself as a recovering perfectionist for all of you out there in the same boat. I'm here with you, you're not alone. <clears throat> but a lot of this came from the fact that when I felt like I was the best, I could feel like I'm the best, right? When I was the best at something, when I had straight A's or I was the top in my class, like, of course you're going to feel good about yourself. For me, my life took this huge, beautiful, profound shift because of going to Georgia Tech after being this wild perfectionist and great at everything I did when it came to school to getting to Georgia Tech and being completely mediocre. <laughs> Thank God I wasn't like at the bottom of the totem pole. I was still successful. I graduated with highest honors. But it didn't matter because I went from being able to define my sense of worth by being at the top to now I'm in the middle. Where's my worth, right? And what did that mean? That mean that what did that mean? It meant that I started working harder that I sacrificed my mental health and my connections and my relationships because I needed to get straight A's. And I'll share in a 
super vulnerable space. This isn't something I often talk about, but what that literally led to is my freshman year of college, I started cutting myself. And I did that, I think, to be able to feel something different. And please, for anyone that's listening, no, I absolutely do not advocate that as a route to being with yourself or to managing or creating different emotions, right? Um, it's something literally that just caused me more pain, different kind of pain, right? And I think as a child, not having the tools and skills to understand how to be with pain and be with myself, a different pain was like, oh, well, I'll take something different. <laughs> um, and I'm going to pause for a moment and just say to myself with my hand on my heart, my love, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I hadn't yet learned how to be here with you. So I say all of that to say we spend so much of our time as human beings doing things. And being a human being is necessitated by that, right? We shower, we brush our teeth, we make food and feed ourselves, we sleep, we if you live alone, as I do, clean your house, take your dogs out, feed your dogs, put gas in your car, pay your bills. There are so many things that we do every single day. And the interesting part of this idea of human doing and this idea that I can only define my worth by how much I do is I imagine that everything I just listed gets completely neglected as things that you can define your worth by. All the things we do normally and habitually that are just required of us as human beings get totally swept under the rug when it comes to saying, look at how much I've accomplished today. We only count the things that require energy, going to work, accomplishing a, a task, feeling quote unquote productive. There's such a power that I feel like we're missing and the understanding that the richness of our lives comes not from what we do, but how much of us is doing it. So many of us, myself included, my loves, go through every single day on a sense of autopilot. We get up, we follow our routine, we do the same things every day, we go to work, we are productive, we accomplish our tasks, and yet when we get home at the end of the day, there's no sense of accomplishment. We have to talk ourselves into feeling proud of ourselves. All of these gratitude practices and reflection practices at the end of the day are really beautiful ways to start wiring and training the brain to notice those things naturally. But what it also reflects for me personally is that means that we're not feeling it in the moment, right? We're not being with our experiences in such a way that gratitude is naturally arising, that pride and passion are flowing from within us to without us. It's a movement of doing all day long that in a way is completely unconscious and disconnected. And this is what I find is really, really the ultimate power of mindfulness is, I like to say all the time, so for you personally, right? Take a moment and think about what your hobbies are. What are the things that you epically love to do? 
For me, it's motorcycle riding, skydiving, listening to music, dancing, going to live shows, spending time with friends, painting my house, working on construction projects. All of these things are things that I absolutely love and adore. And why? Why do I love and adore them? Because all of these things for me are places where I am naturally mindful, where in a way it almost takes effort to get lost in our heads. <laughs> so whatever your hobbies are, whether it's fishing or whether it's snowboarding or skiing or anything in the realm of hobbies and doing this, right? I love to encourage that for each one of us, what we choose is unique because they are the unique places that we are naturally mindful. They're the unique places where our mind quiets naturally, where we're not thinking about our to-do list, where we're not demeaning or degrading ourselves, where we're not self-referentially processing and wondering how we look or what we're doing. We're just fully there. We're feeling, we're sensing the sun's on your skin, the music's in your ears, your hand is gliding with the paintbrush, and it's fully present and there. That is a moment inside of doing something where we become a human being. And so this is what I really want to encourage with this episode is that so much of our day-to-day -day life is mundane. It's normal. It's habitual. It's average. We have to feed ourselves. We have to, I hope, shower. <laughs> we have to work. We have to clean our homes. We have to take care of our animals. We have to put gas in our cars. We have to pay our bills. We have to go grocery shopping. All of these things, and Jesus Christ, if you live in Atlanta, you have to drive from place to place, which takes a long-ass time. <laughs> but all of these things are places where we normally check out. They're places where, one, we don't even define them as productive things we've done for the day, which is stupid. We're doing them, right? And two, they're places where we check out and we forget how to be. In a way, what we're saying inside of every one of those experiences is this moment is not worth my time. But my loves, that moment is your life. It is your living. So many people die unexpectedly in car accidents every single day. That every time, well, I try. It's not every fucking time. Let me be honest. <clears throat> Almost every time. <laughs> that I get into my car to go anywhere, I remind myself that these could be my last moments. And if they're my last moments, how do I want to be with them? I don't want to be frustrated that I'm sitting in traffic. I don't want to be angry at the people around me. I don't want to be desperately trying to get from point A to point B because the line between A and B, my loves, is still life. It's still valuable. It's still living. So how do we turn this experience of human doing this? We're constantly in every single day going from A to B to C to D 
and then maybe we find ourselves between D and E with some space, and heaven for fucking bid, we have some space where we have to pay attention to ourselves, so what are we going to do? Oh, I need to do something. I'm going to turn the TV on, or even turning music on from time to time is this way to distract ourselves from being with ourselves. And please hear me when I say I do this shit all the time. This is still one of my deepest practices. <laughs> it's hard because when there's space and there's silence and there's stillness, we tend to feel the truth of our emptiness. Pause. <laughs> the truth of our emptiness. Life has the meaning that we give it with our attention and with our willingness to show up. The texture of the wood under my feet on the floor, the colors of the walls, the textures of the things in the room, the difference between spaces of light and dark. My love, the richness of living comes from our willingness to stop doing and start being. We are never going to fulfill ourselves in this perpetual pursuit of doing. No amount of doing will ever be enough. No amount of success will ever be enough because this beautiful human mind is never fucking satisfied. <laughs> The grass is always greener. We're constantly sitting in the happiness waiting room. I'll be happy when I have this thing. I'll be happy when I get to spend time with this person. I'll be happy when I get a raise or I move out of this job or I find a new house or I get a new car or I get a new phone. It never ends. Why? Why does it never end? Because we aren't taking the time to slow down and to learn how to be instead of do. If doing is the fundamental root of how we define our worth, the rest of our life has to, by nature, inherently, be full of nothing but doing. No matter how much we accomplish, no matter how successful we are, no matter how beautiful our life is, fundamentally, if we define our worth and worthiness by how much we accomplish and what we do, no amount of it will ever be enough because we have to keep being productive to keep feeling worthy. So this episode is fundamentally an encouragement to learn how to be to practice. It's not easy. <laughs> I really think mindfulness is the warrior's path. It's going against the grain. It's the courage to slow down and be still. So I want to take just a moment at the end of this episode to offer a very, very short, maybe two minutes meditation practice to help you play with this. So if it's safe, wherever you are, just for a moment, mmm, Sit the fuck down. <laughs> and for a moment, we're going to stop doing together. And this is so interesting because for so many of us, meditation becomes a doing. So let's play with what it looks like to step out of that. Sit down 
in whatever way feels comfortable. Close your eyes if it feels safe in your body and take a deep breath in through your nose. Feel your body breathe. Exhale and sigh out of your mouth. And if you can, for a moment, imagine turning a dial on the speed of your processing of your mind and slow that speed down. Maybe you get a sense of sitting back into your own being, seeing with eyes closed. And unlike many meditation instructions, what I'll offer here is do nothing. There is nothing to do to feel your capacity to be. Whatever you're feeling and sensing, hearing, smelling, tasting, seeing, if there are thoughts running through your head, all of it is okay. There is nothing to do. Drop the doing. Just be here. And can you feel without doing anything at all, the truth, I am. Stay my loves right here as long as you would like. Thank you so much for taking this time to be here with me today. Remember, it's not what we do, but how much of us is doing it. I love you with the fullness of my heart until next time.